0: So today what I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about the impact of the Word of God on your thoughts. The impact of the Word of God on your thoughts. And I want to make something really, really clear this morning. Your Bible is the Word of God. Would you say that with me? My Bible is the Word of God. And uh, your Bible is the Word of God. And, uh, and I want to show you several scriptures that demonstrate that that, that, that shares with you that your Bible is the word of God. We want to make sure that we're all on the same page as we move forward. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, would you read that with me? Let's read it together now. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. So notice this. It says some scripture. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. This word inspiration carries the meaning of a breath. And God breathed it just as he caused life to come into man. Just as he blew in the upper room. So uh, your Bible, your Bible is the word of God. And uh, let's look at the second uh, uh, passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. And it says that knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so this particularly, this first verse tells us that all Scripture, not just some of parts of it, It comes directly from the inspiration of God. And then the second verse tells us that it takes it one step further, and it tells us that the men of God who wrote the Bible, uh, they wrote it under the guidance and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit himself. And it also says that no part of Scripture was of any private interpretation of these authors. And so this this is why when you read your Bible, you can be completely Uh, uh, assure, you can completely trust that it is God who has spoken these words and there is no other book in the world that have the direct words of God other than the Bible. So the first thing that I want you to get here, and it's really important that you get this, would you repeat this with me? My Bible is the word of God. So God will speak through, uh, spe- he speaks to you when you read his word. Then also God can speak to you personally. But both sp- uh, speaking that God does to you is his word. So your Bible is the word of God. The second thing that I, uh, that I want you to uh, see here is that when God speaks, it is not only to communicate, but it is to create. So the, so, so the Bible is the word of God. And so when God is speaking, it's not just to communicate, it's to create. What does it tell us? It tells us that all scripture was given by the inspiration of God so that the man and woman of God can be fully equipped. So the Bible has been given to us by God to create, to create not just to communicate what does God want to create. God wants to create, he's made a brand new man. He wants to create a new man. He wants to create a new you. And that's why he's given us his word. And so uh, for many years, though, it's interesting that it was thought that uh, the belief was that you would think and then you would then begin to speak what you thought. So the, the, the thought process was that you would only speak what you thought and that your thoughts came from... Your your speaking came from your thoughts. But but, but what's interesting is that over the last several decades, the scientific studies have shown that your words mold your thoughts more than they previously thought. And so you can have a thought and you can speak it through words, but then you can speak words and it creates thoughts and it determines the way you think. Well, we know that because the Bible just said it. And so one of the interesting thing about it is that when God speaks, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter one in your Bible. When God speaks, it is not only to communicate, but it is to create. So critical that we get this. When God speaks, it's not just to communicate. Come on, I need you to say that with me. When God speaks, it is not only to communicate, but it is to create. So let me show you this. In Genesis chapter one, and you there shout, uh-huh. Come on, read uh, verse 3. What does verse 3 said, say? Come on, let's read it. Let's read it together now. And God what? Come on, let's go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, and God what? Come on, let's go to verse 9. Verse 9 says, and God what? Okay, let's go over here to verse 11. And verse 11 says, and God what? Verse 14, it says, and God what? Verse 20, it says, and God what? And God what? And God said. And verse 24, it says, and God what? And then let's go to verse 26. Verse 26 says what? And God what? Okay, let's go to verse 29. Verse 29, it says, and God what? Now let's go to verse 31. Verse 31 says, and God what? And God what? So look at this. God saw everything that he said. So when God speaks, it's just not to communicate, but it is to create. And so when you speak the word of God, it is not only to communicate, but God has given you his word to create. So so notice this. Let me show you this. Let me show you this, and then we'll get into it. Because this is just, the, this is just the, the pillars that I'm laying right now. We're going to really get into this this morning. And I'm so thrilled that you brought your Bibles. You know what? Uh, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, because the Bible says when you speak, when God speaks, he not only speaks to communicate, but he speaks to create. Verse 3 tells us when you speak the word of God, number 3 is when you speak the word of God, it is not only to communicate, but it is to create, just as Jesus or God did. When he, when he spoke, it was not just to communicate, but it's to create. And God says that when you speak my word, it's not only just to communicate with somebody or me, but it is also to create. In Joshua chapter 1, let's read it together. Now, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on, in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that it is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have. Okay, look at this. Isn't this interesting? The Bible says that the book of the law, the book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth. You know what? They had not the fullness of the Bible, but they had a part of the Bible. Because the Bible, at this particular time, they had the Pentateuch. And that that represents the most books of Moses of the five books of the Bible. They had their own Bible, although it was limited Because there were some other things that God was doing. And you know what he said? He says, you take your limited revelation, and I want you to say it. I want you to focus on it. I want you to do it. And he says, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice this. God says that, hey, I'm not going to do it, but you're going to do it. Isn't that interesting? And sometimes we pass that up. For the power that God has given us to affect our own lives, it lies right in the word of God and how the word of God is in our mouths. And so he says, look, he says that this is my Bible, this is my word, this is the book of the law, and don't, let, don't stop saying it, don't stop focusing on it, and when you do what is done, then you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice the power that God has given you. And so what I, what I want you to do here is I want you to see this, that he says that speak it, meditate on it, and when you focus on it, do it. And so when we read uh, Genesis 1, when we read uh, in 2 uh, Timothy, when we read Joshua 1, one of the things that we see is this, a consistent theme, and that is your words will produce thoughts that will cause movement to cre- to create or result in success. So your words will produce thoughts that will cause move- movement that will create success. So the difference between what's between success and where you are right now are your words, your thoughts, and what you do. Let's go to jo- Job chapter twenty two, Job chapter twenty two verse twenty eight. It's so important because see sometimes we over spiritualize things and God's made it real simple. There sometimes we just have to feel like we just got to be so spiritual. And, but you know what? God answers the prayers of a little child. because he says what, it's based on their what? Faith. It's based on their faith. And so notice this. He says that, look at this: You will also decree a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. You will what? You will what? Come on, say it, what you're going to do, what? You're going to declare, decree a thing. And it will establish for you so your light will shine on your ways. Now, it's it's, it's, it's interesting, and I want you to get this, that nothing moves in the kingdom of God until something is said. See, something has to be said, and when something is said, the world moves. So many times, it's, it's interesting, many times we think things only move when you do something. But God created the world to move based on what you say. God created the world to move based on words. And notice this, that Adam in the garden spoke, and what he spoke was. And I humbly submit to you, Adam wasn't bigger than the hippopotamus. Adam wasn't the biggest thing there. But what he said, it had authority to become what he said. And so we recognize then, as we look even in Genesis 1, the Bible tells us in the beginning that God said, and then God saw what He said. He decreed it, and it was established. And, and, and what about Ezekiel? Ezekiel was in the midst of this valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel, he says, Oh Lord, only you know. And God gave him His word, and Ezekiel began to speak. And when he spoke, he created something that was not. So, so, so what we what we've got to recognize here is that our words produces thoughts, that causes uh, uh, movement, that create results. And we look at this, and the Bible tells us very clearly some of the things that God wants us to do. Jesus says in in Mark eleven twenty three, he says, "Speak to the mountain." And you know what? When I grew up, we used to sing, I'm climbing up on the rough side of the mountain. I'm doing my best to make it in. Anybody remember that song? Let the Baptist say amen. God never told you to climb up the rough side of the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. So he said, speak to the mountain. Not climb up the rough side of it. Notice how he tells us about our words and what we are to speak. He says, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. He says, say it. He says, say it. And so the things in your world has to move when you say something. And if you want to move it, don't complain about it. Don't think about it. Say something about it. Come on, would you say, say something? Okay, so the Bible tells us uh, that there's power in our words and the impact of the Word of God on our thoughts create results. But remember when you were growing up, you used to sing a song, sticks and stones may break my bones, but And that's not true. Now, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will also hurt you what happens is that according to the Bible, those words get in and they become a part of your life. And because they become a part of your life, then now they can affect you. But, but, but there are times when you've got to speak to yourself. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And, and, and if the enemy can cause you to stay quiet then he can keep you from the creating the results or having the results that God desires you to have. And it comes in many different ways. And so you're going to have to say something. You're going to have to say something. Look, there was this woman with the issue of blood. And, and, and this woman, the Bible says that she, was, she had been dealing with a, a health condition for 12 years, that she went to a lot of different doctors, and she, got, she didn't get better, she got worse. And when she spent all that she had, She had no other choice, but she heard about Jesus coming to town, and when she heard about Jesus, she's standing in the, she's in the crowd with others, but this woman has a lot of problems. One, she has a spiritual problem. One is because of her condition. She could not go to worship. Number two, she had a relational problem, and she had a relational problem because she was isolated because she was considered unclean and could not be with her family. We know that she had a health condition or a health problem because the Bible says it was an issue of blood and, and we know she had a financial problem and we know she had a financial problem because she had spent everything that she had. So this woman's got a spiritual problem, a relational problem, a, phys- a health problem, and a financial problem. But notice what happened and how her life changed almost instantaneous. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. And she said that, and she thought, I got to get to him. And, and, and as she went to him, and she touched him, that Jesus recognized that, that, that virtue had went out of him. And you notice what he says. She says, I'll get well. But he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. There's a big difference between well and whole. See, because you can be well in your body. But when you, when you got some money, when, you, when your relationship is restored, when your spiritual condition is strong, when your body is healed, the wholeness means nothing missing, everything in place. So God restored her by, 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 by the things she said that caused movement to take place to create results. And so by nature, generally, we are negative people. Humans are generally negative people. We can see what's wrong. Our brains can see what's wrong rather than what's right. And we would highlight what someone... And someone can come out, man, and they can look so amazing, you know. And and when they come out, you go, wow, look at your hair. But they're they're sharp, they're clean, they're... I mean, or you could... You find the smallest thing, and it's natural for us to do it. So what does God God have to do? He has to condition us to begin to say the thing that we desire to create. So let's look at that. Now, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 6... As you're going there, would you say, say something? (laughs) Come on, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. Let's read it together now. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days completed for her to be delivered. So notice this, that Caesar makes a decree. He says something and he says that everyone must be taxed. And when he makes this decree, everything in his world has to move. Uh, everyone has to go to their hometown to be taxed. And it did not matter if you're married. It did not matter if you were single. It did not matter uh, if you, what your position was. Once the decree went out, everybody had to move. And this decree, it got people moving. And not only did it get people moving, but it got... Their money moving, and it happened out of his mouth. And out of his mouth, everybody had to move, and their money began to move with them. Now, I want you to see this, because they went there to pay their taxes. The decree had gone out, but notice what the Bible says. The Bible says Mary was with child, and it gives an indication that she was in the ninth month. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been around a woman who's in the ninth month and is about to deliver, the last thing she wants to do is to get on a donkey and ride. Uh, Brothers, if you know what I'm saying, say, "Uh Uh Uh uh-huh. Oh, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. (laughs) Women, if you know what I'm saying, would you say, "Uh Uh uh-huh. See, they know The last thing a woman wants to do is to walk mile after mile after mile in getting her feet all dusted. She's in the ninth month. And what you typically hear, I'm just ready to get rid of this. (laughs) But She gets on a donkey. (laughs) She walks. Why? It's because when the decree went out, everything that was under the authority of the word that had been spoken had to move. It had to move. And so let's take a look at this. Uh, Mary had already had a word spoken over her because it says that the angel came to her and said that you're going to be with child. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. So Mary has a, has, a, has a word over her life but she has a word in her womb. And then uh, she began to move on that. She got to the right place at the right time To fulfill the promise that God had spoken over her and the prophecies had occurred about Jesus back in the Old Testament. So notice what happens is that when we begin to speak, when we begin to act, that there's an obedience that comes. And then what happens is that many times God is moving you in the right place at the right time for the promise that he has given you. So somebody has a word that is going to move some money. Somebody's got a word that's going to move sickness from your house. Somebody's got a word uh, that's going to cause relationship to be restored. But in the kingdom of God, something has to be said. Matthew chapter 8, verses 8 through 10. The centurion, Jesus was was going somewhere and and, um, there was a centurion that saw him and he says that, Jesus, uh, I have a servant that's paralyzed at home. He's sick. And he says that, would you heal him? And you know what Jesus says? I will go to your house. Now, that's a big honor for Jesus to come to your house. It's a big honor for royalty or king to come to your house. But notice what this man says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 through 10. Let's read it together, verse 8. Now, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now the reason that I'm uh, showing you this is that it's the power of a decree and, and the culture that the centurion was raised in. He was raised in a culture where he understood the power of the word, the power of speaking, and the power of authority. So when he became a military man to the point where he was speaking He says that I speak and they go and I speak and they come because I understand authority. And as he began to to share that in a very powerful way, this man has a problem at home. He has a servant who has a purpose there in the house, but the servant can't fulfill his purpose because he can't move. Oh my God. And so he says to Jesus, man, Jesus, I I need him healed so that he can fulfill his purpose. That's the purpose of it. I need him healed so so that what he has been called and gifted to do, he can do. And Jesus says, I'll come to your house. He says, no, I understand authority, so you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. He says, I'm not worthy that you come to my house, but speak the word. And see, all you have to do, Jesus, is just speak a word. And if you say something here, something is going to happen at my house. If you speak the word, I know it works because I am a man under authority. and And I can see my words. When I speak it, they go. When I speak it, they come. So I understand how authority works. And when you speak with authority. He says, everything under my authority moves when I speak. He says, I recognize your authority. And so I see it at such a degree, he says, that everything under your authority has to say something, has to move when you say something. So he says, speak a word, say something. Do you know that what you do in one place can affect what happens in another place? See, when you come to the house of God and the praises that you say in this room can cause something to happen outside this room. And see, you don't know. That's why, that's why when, 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 it, when the first note sounds, collectively, we're declaring it. See, because there may be something that God needs to do at 10 o'clock. And if you come at 1020, then he's already past the 10 o'clock. See, because you can praise him. You can praise him just like the man that, that came out of the tombs and Jesus healed him. You can praise him like that and that Jesus will see your need. And so there is something that you can say in here that will will cause something to change outside of this room. And so if I can lift up a praise in one place, God can raise things up in another place and things can change, will change, have to change. So there's a word you can put in your mouth and you can speak it in one place and it does something in another.